0: back to the nationally syndicated price of business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And I tell you, a lot of things that we're going to be talking about this segment is all of our business, or at least should be. Um, and, and one of the big parts of that is uh, uh, STEM programs and STEAM education and, uh, of course, space. So we have a lot going on in that front. We have a, a guest who's going to cover these topics very well for us. John Schaffner, he's an astronaut who uses a platform to promote STEAM education and growth mindset. John, welcome to the program. Glad to have you on. Before we get into STEAM, you know, before we blow off STEAM, how's that? Uh, no, no. Uh, t- tell us about uh, your adventures as an astronaut. You are part of uh, one of the, you know, we're going to look at what you were involved in as an early pioneer in private uh, transportation to space as one of the private astronauts it's phenomenal and fascinating talk a little bit about that
1: yeah for sure Kevin thank you and it's nice to be on board with you this morning um, and, and two of my favorite topics by the way you know space and uh, and education uh, well I've been a space fan and a follower of space human space flight since the early 60s when uh, Mercury and Gemini began flying so you know I'm a space nerd you know throughout my life uh, you know, I was had aspirations to be an astronaut, but I didn't make it down that path. So now, when the uh, adventure of and the availability of private space flight developed, I jumped on board with both feet. So I trained for the past uh, two and a half years uh, at NASA at the Johnson Space Center and with SpaceX in Hawthorne, California, to fly an amazing flight uh, as part of uh, Axiom Space AX2. And we spent uh, nine wonderful days on the space station, the ISS. Lots of science, lots of student outreach. It was the, uh, the you know, a dream astronaut trip. So we worked hard and had a, good, had a good mission.
0: Now, and all of this, of course, was able to happen because of the work you do in the corporate world, in the business world. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Sure. I uh, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, I was fortunate to find my way into the fiber optics industry. The early days of the deployment of fiber optic cables, first in the U.S., then around the world, and, and my company developed some of the very first uh, conduit, underground conduit structures and methods for placing fiber underground for telephone companies worldwide. So, we became a national and worldwide leader, and it was a lot of fun pioneering, you know, during those days. So. And that's what we have today. We have the world of the Internet and fiber optic communications.
0: Yeah, very true. Very good. Very true. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, by the way, you're the 598th person to orbit the Earth.
1: (laughs) Frankly, (laughs) I look at that that
0: number and it's like, wow, that's a lot. But then again, it's a really small number when you put in the total population of the planet.
1: Yeah, you know, I wasn't aware that I was going to be 598. I'm number one in Alaska, though. I'm a, a native-born Alaskan, so uh, I'm the first and only Alaskan astronaut. So I've got, I've got a low number somewhere.
0: Yeah, that's phenomenal. Congratulations on both counts. So let's talk a little bit about STEAM. Uh, I think most listeners now are familiar with science, technology, engineering, and math to create STEM as a way of looking at education and a focus of education. But you're you're involved with something that goes even further called STEAM. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, well, sure. You know,
1: there's – Advent then bringing the arts into the development of young minds is, in, in my view, and, and many others, imperative, including people like MIT. You know, they promote STEAM education. Um, my first introduction to art was when I was 10, and I painted a picture of all things an astronaut flying in space. Uh, and I carried a copy of that picture to space, and we used that to promote an art contest for young people to tell us what they thought it would look like if they lived in space. Uh, And we got over 900 submissions from 26 countries of 8, 9, 10, 14-year-olds drawing us great pictures and and art. Um, So that, you know, art is an expression of of imagination. And before you can invent something, uh, develop something, engineer something, you have to be able to use your imaginative skills to create it in your mind. So we believe art is essential and the skills of imagination that go with that.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, where you're going with that program. What, what exactly your level of involvement is in that program and uh, is accessibility and availability. Kind of give us a little bit of those uh, logistic type things.
1: Yeah, you bet. The, uh, and, and we're really excited about this, Kevin. This is, you know, super, you know I thought I was excited about spaceflight, right, you know, to go to space. And and what I saw there, you know, in learning and the experience of going and training, and and it was very engaging, uh, going to space, looking down on the earth, and the overview effect, as they call it, you know, does have an impact on you. And it's caused me to want to remember when I was 10 and dreamed of space flight and being an astronaut, that there are likely lots of other 10-year-olds out there that are doing the same thing today. And... So uh, I came back. We've created a foundation called the Perside Foundation, after the Perside meteor shower, of course, um, that is aimed and targeted at initially middle schools in Appalachia, where I grew up in southeast Kentucky, um, starting with my hometown school in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, uh, to help them become STEM certified and to develop programs of STEM and STEAM education to excite the young minds so that they can learn to be great problem solvers and go out and be good citizens of the world and help us advance ourselves. So mm-hmm. you know, that's the gist
0: of it. You know, it's and it's really exciting for us. We're having a great time. So the the steam. To make sure the listener caught that, that the A and steam, steam making it different from STEM is arts. And I think most people, in fact, this is a completely different part of the brain, right, from STEM uh, that that's being usually utilized there. Uh, talk about why that's an important element. I got to tell you, I just recently. Read a biography of Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, and he has steam written all over him. And uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's really significant that uh, I, I see as someone who's not a scientist, uh, but I see where people can link in to uh, the art. To be able to elaborate on the science, that's the, you know, or to even imagine stuff scientifically, that if you if you are only science, technology, uh, engineering, or math, you may not be able to easily do. Uh, is that part of that? Talk a little bit about why the A is so important. Arts.
1: Well, yeah, as I said a moment ago, you know, I think the A, and lots of us think the A is critical. You know, Leonardo da Vinci is is a perfect example. You know, he was able to articulate his engineering and his design uh, ideas because he was a great artist and could communicate that visually and graphically to people. Uh, Albert Einstein, he he was a fabulous violinist. So when he wanted to relax or express things in his head and get away from the science, he would play the violin. And there's lots of science, lots of studies that tell us, you know, the prefrontal cortex, the thing that, a part of your brain that is, is responsible for executive thinking sometimes needs, needs to get information from the left and right hemispheres of the brain and one we call the creative part of the brain and the other we call the the technical the, the structured brain that combine information from various inputs to give us the ability to create and to develop and to make decisions and to compare disparate ideas and make associations and, and that's the critical part here when a young person can learn to make uh, associations from different inputs using their mind. They learn that life and things are not linear. They they exist in constellations, and their job is to look at those and imagine a new assembly of the information that they have. And that's what we want to teach kids today and teach schools how to teach that.
0: It's not, yeah, that's it's not a new
1: idea from us, um, yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's not new from us. This is teaching that, and that's becoming understood around the globe today. So we're trying to get that, you know, into
0: underserved schools and schools where there are bright minds that we can access. Yeah, and talk about that. You use a terminology that I can, I, I can run with, and, and uh, you know, there is a static mentality, particularly in the economic, both personal and macro uh, space, and a growth uh, mentality that uh, that is both personal and uh, macro. Uh, is that what you're really talking about?
1: Uh, exactly. Well said. Because the uh, what we find out there, what researchers have determined, is that people tend to grow up based on what they're taught or they observe, um, but they also need a push, uh, someone to explain to them that um, they are not limited by simply what they see or understand that they can expect things to develop beyond that. So it's, it's in some family dynamics and community dynamics, unfortunately, people are taught to only expect to be able to do this or to do this well. Uh, and that's called a fixed mindset. Uh, and that limits people in their expectations that they are good at math or can be good at music or can be good at science. Um, but what we learned today, the brain is very plastic, and a human mentality very adaptable, that if we teach them through languaging of expectation that they can do more and show them examples, that they can grow their expectations and they can excel. So yes. starting very early,
0: yes. it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, and, and, and by the way, it doesn't matter when you decide to change your thinking, you can do it. Uh, the longer and deeper those grooves are in your neuroplasticity that you were just referring to, the, the longer it takes to change. There's no question about it. And there's always going to be temptation to go back to old thinking because it was such a part of your life for how many years it was. But we can change, and it is crucial. And it's interesting, here we are well into the 20 first century, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, I, I think back of uh, Solomon who said, as a man thinketh, so is he. And that that wisdom from thousands of years ago, is as true now, as it was then.
1: Absolutely. You know, they, if you go back and look at all the teachings of Solomon, Aristotle, uh, Socrates, they all, they, they, were very, they were very in touch with, you know, how the mind worked. You know, somehow we've lost that. And with young people today in school, they have so many distractions around them, uh, with uh, electronic devices and different ways of teaching, that we forget to look at the individual of, of where they are in that curve of understanding. So we want to we want to reach out and get in touch with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, and of course my favorite when it comes to uh, using the mind in a healthy manner. Of the ancients are the Stoics. Uh, the Stoics will be the first to tell you you can't control that which is outside of you, but you can control your perception of that. And I'm telling you that has a lot to do with whether or not we're going to be successful or not.
1: Well, right. And we're we're looking first at the teachers for exactly that reason because we want to. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to now move first to identify in teachers that have that Stoic position of mindset that they. Unfortunately, they classify a young person with an ability only for this or for this. And if they unfortunately were to teach that or language that to the student, the student is automatically in their mind locked down. They see no hope. So they only perform to the level that they seem to be allowed.
0: Really enjoyed my conversation with John Schaffner. He's an astronaut, STEAM advocate, business pioneer. Love having you on the program. Thanks so much. Kevin, pleasure to be
1: here with you. Thank you so very much. Enjoy it.
0: John, before you run, your website, best website for us to learn more about what you're doing. It's Perseid, or Perseid. it's a tough one to say. It's a meter shower,
1: P-E-R-S-E-I-D.org. Perseid, I'm sorry, Um We are uh, online with various programs, and while I was on orbit, we filmed a lot of interesting content for students based on what it's like to be in space. So watch out for that coming up in the coming weeks. We'll be launching that as a service for schools to download and use those as conversation starters for students. We'll have to get
0: you back on once it's launched to talk about the launching. Wonderful. I look forward to that. Thank you, Kevin. Nice talking to you. Thank you. I am Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.